What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the TWC Stay Hated Podcast. On this episode, I got a chance to sit down and chat with the WPO champ, Dina DeAndrea. She's a great fucking lifter, uh, awesome person. Before I get into the details of the episode, I just want to remind you guys, Patreon page is up and running. It's a great way to support the show, lots of extra content. You can get in there for as low as $3.50 a month, um, and there's a bunch of extras and loyalty rewards and all that stuff. If you don't want to do that, just uh, liking, subscribing, rating, commenting, sharing, all that stuff is really helpful to get more people to hear the podcast. And if you don't want to do that and you want to just listen, that's great too. And I appreciate you guys. And this shit will always be free because I enjoy doing it. As far as the episode's concerned, uh, Dina is a great lifter, very humble, um, works incredibly hard, and you can tell she has a champion mindset. Um, The way that she approaches things and the way that it's just she always wants to get better that is a huge reason why she's been so successful in such a short amount of time. Um, she obviously works very fucking hard. So uh, it was really cool to have her on. I don't want to give away too much about the episode itself. Um, that's all I got for an intro. This is episode 103 of the TWC Stay Hated podcast. Enjoy it. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the TWC Stay Hated Podcast. On this episode, I am joined by Dina DeAndrea. I got it right. I had to ask three or four (laughs) times to make sure I said it right. Um, I just saw her compete down at the WPO. Uh, By the time this comes out, it'll be three weeks ago. Um, And she's just a total fucking stud. Uh, And I I had to get her on the show had an incredible performance down there, um, and I've heard really good things about her like as a person. So I wanted to make sure I um, had her on and talked about everything that went on a few weekends ago and her lifting career and how she got into it and all that stuff. So I'm super stoked to have her. Um, how are you doing today, Dina? I am so good. I'm so happy to be on here. Thank you for the invite. Hell yeah. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I was kind of like on one at the meet. And as soon as I saw you, I like couldn't stop myself from just being like, yo, you're fucking sick. Like that was, inc- <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> what I saw you do, uh, obviously didn't get a chance to, um, see it in person. Um, but watching it uh, on the live stream, like it was just fucking incredible. And it's like, I love female, um, athletes and sports and stuff. I've always been really into it. So, uh, it was really cool to watch you like push the boundaries of like, what is perceived as possible um, for lifting weights. So that was really sick. So um, let's get into just like easy questions. Um, How old are you now? And when did you start like lifting weights as far as like the sport of powerlifting? Now I'm 34 and I was introduced to what I'll call powerlifting and I'll explain a little bit more in high school, but I didn't start competing until 2016. Um, and what I mean about introduced is in, in high school, instead of like a regular gym class, we had this football coach who allowed us to do something called Excel. And he taught us how to squat, bench and deadlift, but the deadlift with with a, a trap bar. And, um, and he taught us power clean. So our like final exam for that semester would be a mini powerlifting competition, 
Um, plus, I have my own run, which wasn't, wasn't my favorite part. But <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, glad that's not involved anymore. <laughs> I know. <Yeah. laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> uh, so that's where I learned I, like a partial powerlifting because we don't compete with trap bars. Another thank goodness. But um, yeah, no that shit. That uh, was the introduction. <laughs> uh, so like, uh, so you said that was in high school. Now, did you... Uh, like coming out of, uh, of high school or, or even while you were still there, did you like seek out like the sport itself? Because it seems that like, usually someone like no one knows about our sport, like no one gives a shit, you know what I mean? So it's like, you have to usually have someone be like, Hey, like there's, there's this thing over here. You should try it. Like, did you (laughs) find the actual sport through that, um, through that situation at gym class or, 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 or how did that all come about? No, um, actually out of high school, I was dating someone who didn't like that I lifted so much. Um, thank oh gosh she's God. in the past, right? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I got actually more into running um, out of high school. I, I would do like a 5Ks, half marathons, full marathons, got more into that. And then um, when I moved with what turned out to be my ex-husband, but anywho, we moved to Arizona and I was missing the – like I wanted to compete, but I was sick of running. And I was thinking back to what I enjoyed doing in high school. And I was, I mean, I was semi good at it. I would win our little mini powerlifting competitions in high school. So I was searching like competitive weightlifting. I didn't know what to call it. I was just searching competitive weightlifting and found that you could compete in something called powerlifting. (laughs) So I signed up for my first um, powerlifting meet, which was in Prescott, Arizona. And that was in, in 2016. No shit. Yeah. That's, it's funny that you're, you know, you're coached by Laura now because she had kind of a similar experience with the running. I know that she did um, like 5Ks and all that stuff and she wanted to compete. So that was sort of like, uh, it's very interesting to me that, you know, you ended up working with her because she kind of had a similar uh, situation looking for something to compete in. Um, now, as far as uh, training for that first meet, it's always fun to talk to people about that and like what they went through to do that. Like, you know, it seems to be 50, 50. Some people are just like, fuck it. I signed up and three weeks later I went and did it and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And then other <laughs> people kind of uh, like set it up and they had like a full training cycle and had people help them. So for your first meet, um, what was that like? Did you kind of just stumble through a meat prep? Did you have someone help you? How did that all go? Oh, I, so my background, once upon a time, I was a personal trainer. Not that Oh, no that, shit. Okay. Yeah, but I'm not saying I know how to coach anyone through powerlifting, but <laughs> using that, <laughs> using that um, education that I had, I just, I, I was dumb about it. I can say that. Um, so I would take basic personal training education and kind of built my own program, but I ended up getting hooked to how good it felt to max out. So I was one of those who, you know, every week I'm trying to see (laughs) what I can max out as I'm prepping for a meet. Um, So I did it without a coach. It was just me, stubborn me going through that. I definitely, I don't remember how long I was prepping. I'm someone who's always, I mean, every, every day I like, I like to be in the gym. So it's not like it, lifting was new to me. Um, but I went to that meet alone and I didn't, I didn't have a lifting belt. I was completely like raw, (laughs) raw, and it was in 100% raw in that federation. Okay. I didn't, I think I brought a banana with me. I brought one bottle of water. Like I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know it was an all day ordeal. 
Sure. I'm like walking around in the middle of lifts going, what is taking so long? I'm, I'm hungry. There's no food here. <laughs> I was wearing a pair of running shoes for all three lifts. I had a pair of running Nikes. It's funny to look back at the, at the pictures and I was a lot smaller. I competed at in the 165 division weighing in at like 157 pounds. So Holy much shit. different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause now you compete at what? 81. I'm in the 181. I usually drop down between 178 and 180. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what do you know what you did for numbers in that first meet? I had to look it up because my memory is awful. So I'll be honest, I, I looked them up um, to see <laughs> what I did that day. So that first meet, uh, the squat was 286. The bench was 165. And I remember being so excited I could bench more than my body weight that day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, my deadlift was 308. So that was about a 759 total. That's still a pretty like for first, you know, small, raw female deadlift first meet, like breaking 300 is pretty fucking good. That's still like, so were you like, I could be good at this? Like what did like in that first meet where you're like, man, I could be pretty all right at this. Or was it like you didn't have any frame of reference? Well, that first meet, I actually won. I'm looking at it right now. I won a plaque <laughs> for the, the best female squatter of the day. And that was like, wow, really? My first meet and I got this? And yeah. everybody at that meet, like I said, I went alone. So I, I wanted to send, my dad really likes to hear how meets go. So I wanted to send him videos of how the day was going. So strangers there, strangers at the time were taking videos. They were explaining to me how it works. Cause I, it was my first meet. I didn't really know like what to expect. And it yeah. was such an awesome group of people. And I've learned, you know, that's just how the powerlifting community is. They're freaking great. They cheer you on, even if you're competing against them. Um, but I think that combination of, of getting the best squat that day and just seeing how the sport is, it definitely got me hooked. Yeah. It's really like, when I tell people their first meets, I'm like, you'll be really stressed out. And then by the time you're done with your squats, you'll be talking about the next meet you plan on doing. Oh, it's for like, sure. <laughs> it happens like immediately. You're like, holy shit. Like, this is awesome. Cause it definitely has like a team sport vibe. Like when you're doing those, like, you know, those sort of like local meets, it definitely has like this, like team sport vibe, but then you get like your moment in the spotlight for a second where everyone's looking at you. And then it's back to like being amongst a bunch of people. And, um, I remember my first meet, I actually warmed as soon as they did. Uh, <laughs> it's like just stupid mistakes you make when you're, you're figuring it out. Like, uh, they did the, the rules meeting and I was like, all right, let's go. Like as soon as, I, you know, and I warmed up and I was like opening with like, you know, 450 squat or something. I warmed up to my last warm up, and then I look and I'm in the third flight <laughs> and I'm already all warmed up and I'm like, oh, I oh, fucked man. up. You know, <laughs> like I now I, I have like, to rewarm up. You know what I mean? I think I remember <laughs> hearing you say that when I was listening to one of your podcasts, but and I wanted to so badly like be able to get into your podcast and ask, what did you do then? Like, did you rewarm up or what, what did you <laughs> yeah, do? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, um, you know, at the time I was super like, you know, taking everything really seriously, you know, you know, when you first get into it and you kind of like, it's like, it was really serious for me. I was like, Oh my God. Like, you know, and I remember doing that, figuring out that I was like, kind of fucked. I was like, man, there's how many people in front of me before I go? Like I'm in the third flight, like what the fuck? So I just put my, sweatsuit back on and tried to like keep my sweat 
for the first two flights. And then I rewarmed up. I started back over with the bar. Like, oh my gosh. Not, yeah, it was just like, you know, it was like. So you're you sitting know, there you in cold back- sweatpants because your, your yeah. sweat must have been cold by then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like this meet up in Vermont. Like, you know, it's like in December, you know, so like sweating, don't want to go outside, get a cold or whatever. And then, you know, rewarmed up. And anyway, it was a shit show. Those first couple meets are always kind of a mess for everybody. So, um, so, so you did that meet and then were you immediately hooked looking for another one? Like how did it sort of progress? Because it's kind of, uh, that's a far gap from 100% raw federation in Nike running shoes to winning the fucking WPO in multiply. Oh, so, and, and like breaking, breaking, uh, you know, a 12 year old, uh, world record. Like it, that's a big fucking gap in a short amount of time. You know, it's only, what is it? Five years or something. So, um, kind of take me through that, that next meet or actually, what did you, uh, so you t- said the, the numbers for your first meet. Now, what are your best numbers currently right now? Um, well, for each division, cause I've done completely raw, classic, raw, single ply and multiply. I've competed oh, no in shit. all of them. Yeah. I oh, kind of no worked, worked my way up <laughs> as I got right, more well, comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into that. So you did that 100% raw meat. Did you jump into wraps after that or did you wait a little bit or what? Um, no, I did another, I did another 100% raw, but that time the, the next meet I did, I wore sleeves because they would let you compete in sleeves. Okay. Um, and then I was ready for wraps. So I, I think my, my, my best squat was in my best raw squat in sleeves was three. The number sounds funky, 313. So somewhere around there um, okay. is what it was. And then I went into classic raw and I, I did classic raw for oh, probably from 20... Oh, 2018 until I think I went for a year, 2018. And then I went into single ply in 2019. What'd you, what'd you do in wraps? Like what did you squat in wraps? 524 was my best in wraps. At 81? Uh, that one. Yeah. I competed. I think my first, I know my first classic raw was, 165 but then um i started putting on more weight and yeah stuck with the, the 181 so that uh, 524 was at 181 yeah that's insane so like at that point are you like were you like aware you know what i mean like were you aware like yo i could be fucking good at this like is that like when did that sort of light bulb switch off for you because you know there's people who train for 10 years there are guys that are 250 pounds that train for 10 years that don't squat 500 pounds. So there's definitely something there. Like, um, you know, did you, when did you figure out like, man, I could be fucking good at this. I started looking at what, cause I was winning state records at that point with classic raw. I still, sure. I mean, I have some of the, the Arizona state records still, but I started looking at what the world records were. And I, I mean, CC Holcomb is, is, you know, the, the 165 and 181 record holder. So I'm not going anywhere near, Sa- near savage. those. Yeah. She yeah. is savage in the best way possible. But yep. when, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, when I was getting near the records, I was like, huh. And then I started looking at, um, the single ply records cause I was being introduced to multiply gear, but I was using a single ply shirt by the person who introduced me to, to geared lifting. Okay. And I was like, okay, I think, I think I want to 
try doing, try doing single ply and I could really like get, I could get world records, which then it, I think it was eye opening of, Hey, you're, you're near the top of this sport. Try this out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like you were, so what year was that, that you jumped into single ply? Single ply. I did my first single ply in 2019, the beginning of 2019. Wow. Okay. So like, yeah, it's not like super popular, especially like, I think now it's, it's changing. It's definitely like shifting a little bit with like female powerlifting, but like, you know, raw women's powerlifting is huge. It's fucking huge. And it's definitely not, uh, you know, pun intended geared towards like equipped lifting. You know what I mean? It's definitely, that's not like a super uh, popular thing. So, um, what was the, you know, for you, like what made you say, like, I want to get into equipment because it's like, you know, when you're outside looking in at multiply powerlifting, it's like a lot of the stereotypes are like big, fat, bald guys, um, (laughs) you know, like eating, eating, eating cheeseburgers at a bench only meat. You know what I mean? Like that's sort of the, it doesn't seem like it would be super appealing um, to a I lot like of people. eating cheeseburgers in between this. Come on, that's appealing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what? So, what did you like? How did you kind of uh, make that decision, or, or did someone show you? Because it, it is kind of like a leap when you say, "Like, all right, I'm going to put on equipment." So, when I was um, prepping for my first meet, that that 2016 raw meet, I was lifting in a commercial gym. And the, one of the trainers there noticed that I was lifting heavier than most of the women there. And, um, this is my good friend now, James, he was asking me if I'm training for something. I said, yeah, I'm training for my first powerlifting meet. And he had a group of friends that he was lifting with. And that included Tim Isaac, which, um, older power lifter, he was into geared lifting, um, he, so I went and trained with those guys and Tim was into, equipped lifting and he, you know, would teach us the technique of how to lift in gear. And then he would put us in gear and this wasn't to compete. It was just for fun because it's what he enjoyed doing. It's what he did um, as a competitor. So he would have us lift in, um, I think the the first suit I used was a metal suit. And then he put me in a Rajex, a too big, it was just an extra shirt he had around a Rajex shirt and I noticed that my joints felt so much better and I was able to <laughs> lift heavier and classic raw. It was the stance that I was using. It was hurting my hips so bad. that <laughs> It was like, it was kind of a turnoff to, to keep trying to, to go heavier. I was like, why don't, you know, I, I like the way it feels to be in gear. I can, I can do this in competition. My numbers are up there. And that, um, I'd say that's probably what it was. It felt it felt better to lift heavier on my joints. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know that feeling. I, the first time I got into briefs, like or full suit and squatted something, I was like, "Oh, I'm never squatting raw again." Like right? this is. Yeah, <laughs> it's I was addicting. like, "Yeah, I was like, uh, no, I like this way better. Like, I don't feel well. I feel like hammered shit, but in a different way. Like, it's not. <laughs> it's you don't not feel like painful. you're tearing apart. It's a different pain." <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, there's definitely something to that. Um, and obviously like having someone help you through those, 
uh, those early times, like in equipment must have been, you know, that's pretty helpful. You're, you're fortunate with that to have someone to, to walk you through it because there's definitely people who try to put on a bench shirt, have no one showing them what to do. And it's like a complete fucking disaster. Um, so that's pretty great that you had someone to help you along there. Like now you went into single ply were, was your intention to like go to multiply? Was that just like a stepping stone to try to kind of get there? Um, or was it just like you were trying out what, what, what was available? No, cause I was still going to meets alone. Um, and oh, okay. I, I mean, you can't, I know some people do multiply alone, but I was, we would lift for fun and multiply like on Saturdays. Like we would take the mono for a ride and do, do big squats and we just enjoyed it. But it took two people to get me in that and tie up the sides. I was using a Leviathan at that time. So there's okay. no way I, I, I could do a, a meet by myself. So a single ply, I did those meets by myself um, for until I met Asa and Melinda, who are the owners of Preacher Power. They saw me getting, um, they saw me competing, wrapping myself, putting a bench shirt on by myself at, at one of the nationals, USPA nationals. <laughs> and they came over. She, uh, Melinda came over and introduced herself because I was one of the lifters who was going to be at Olympia later that year competing single ply. And she didn't know who this Arizona person was. And she's like, who is this girl wrapping herself, putting her bench shirt on by herself? <laughs> that tells you it was too big right there. Yeah, and oh my they God. actually were kind enough to come over and help me through the rest of that meet. They had helped me with handoffs. They took videos. They were giving me some cues. Um talking me through the lifts. So I, I mean, thank gosh that I did go do that single ply meet or I wouldn't have met them and I wouldn't be lifting with the group I'm lifting with now. Yeah. That's incredible too. I think that that's important for people to hear is like, you know, you're just like some random person at this meet, you know, like just doing your thing. And then these people out of the goodness of their hearts are like, you know, helping you and, and, and showing interest and whatever. And I think it's important to, to note that because there is so much fucking negativity in the sport. And there's a lot of stuff that people will say about this and that in the culture. But like, I think that when people say that negative shit, they're talking about a very small, but loud group of individuals because most people in this sport are fucking rad. Like most people are, they're like, especially in multiply. Cause it's like, we like anybody who shows interest in it, we're like, yes, come with us. Like come over yeah. here to the gear. Like, come, you know what I mean? Like, yes. So, and I think that that's like, you know, it's kind of, um, I was talking to, um, this guy, uh, Kyle Kelly, and he, he was saying, uh, how in multiply, like a lot of times, like even more so like powerlifting as a whole has a lot of awesome people. But I think within multiply, he, what he was saying, it really struck me was uh, you have to have, like you said, you kind of have to have a group. So when you have to have a group, the shitheads kind of get weeded out and you're left with like a bunch of really awesome people. Yeah. And you, you are who you surround yourself with. So that, I mean, your environment, your lifting environment is everything. It makes a huge difference. It sure does. Yeah. And having that support system, I think that that's great. So, um, now as far as like your training group and, and who you came up training with, like, were you around? I don't like making everything about the fact that like someone's a male or female, but it is like 
a male dominated sport. And that's just like the, the fact of the matter. So it is a topic that I think is important to discuss now with your training group. Are you training with, is there a bunch of women with you? Is it mostly men? Um, and how does that, uh, sort of culture work for, for you guys within your group? Cause I've always had, you know, with the exception of, uh, when I was at Westside, like, you know, I've always had kind of like mixed training groups where there was always like, you know, a couple girls, a couple guys, whatever, we kind of made it work. Uh, your training group now, like, are you training with women? Are you, is it mostly men? Like, what's that sort of culture like? So when I started in, in multiply on those fun Saturdays with the group, it was guys that I was lifting with. Um, and then as I transitioned, then I was lifting by myself at the commercial gym, but now at Preacher Power Barbell Club, it's, it's a good mix. When I first started lifting there, I would lift with the girls. Um, we would, you know, make sure our schedules were matching up. But then as my numbers started to move up and as I got into multiply, cause they're, the, the ladies I was training with, they don't do, they do single ply, but they don't do multiply. So sure. I started training with the men, um, for multiply. And that's, I mean, we're all, we're all competitive, you know, we give each other a hard time and I think yep. it, to lift with men who are lifting heavier than me, it pushes me. Cause I want to get, I want to get those numbers. I want these guys to go, Oh, I need to kick it up a notch. Dina's getting close yes. to us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a real thing. And like, I think that that's really valuable, uh, you know, when I, when Val was still training with our group, like that was, she would talk shit to some, you know what I mean? Like, she's like, that's all you're using. Like, that's only a quarter more than me, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. what are you, you know, you know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? You know? And, or, or she would say, you know, she, she said to me one time, I said this, I was talking about someone. I was like, whatever, dude, like my wife out benches that guy. And she goes, what's funny about my fucking bench. And you know what I mean? Like very like, and push and kept everybody in line. Like, Hey dude, I'm fucking serious about this. Like, you know, I lift big weights and I'm fucking serious and I love that attitude. And I can see that like, um, you know, obviously everyone really respects, respects you and your group and the people who are around you. So that must be, you know, very similar to you where you're pushing these guys just like they're pushing you. Oh yeah. And it's, I mean, we give each other a hard time, but there's so much love. It's such a, a good group of friends and it feels yeah. really like a family. I mean, your gym crew does eventually become your family it's a lot of time to spend with people. You know, you figure if you're in there four days a week, you know, if you're running a conjugate split or whatever, like you're in there four days a week and you're spending three or four hours with those people. It's like, you know, 12 hours with five or six people. Not many people have relationships like that other than people they work with or are like living with them. Right. Right. Um, it's a lot of time to spend with a group of people lifting heavy shit. Um, and there's a certain amount of trust, wouldn't you say? Like you have to trust these people to keep you safe. Oh goodness. Yeah. I mean, the weights that we move, I mean, once you're at, no matter what, what division you're lifting and you can get seriously hurt. So you do have to have a lot of trust in those around you. And I think, I mean, you, you touched on it. You're spending so much time with these people and we don't, not every day is a good day. Right. So you learn how to talk each other, out of a funk or, you know, you know, what motivates one person and what, what, what motivates the other. Cause everybody's different. Everybody ticks a little differently. Yeah. Some people need like a pat on the butt and some people need like a kick in the ass. Exactly. And there's, like, <laughs> <laughs> and there's definitely like, once you're with a group, you know, I kind of like, 
you know, within our group, I know who kind of needs to be poo pooed and who needs to be like, Hey motherfucker, like, wake up, like, where Mm -hmm. are you? You know? Um, so let's talk about, uh, let's talk about WPO and getting ready for that. I know you had started working with Laura kind of somewhat recently leading up to that or within the last, you know, shortish time. Is that correct? I kind of like looked at your Instagram a little bit. So, um, what, what, how did that relationship sort of grow? Like, she's a great coach. You know, I trained out of Cincinnati for a minute with her and, um, and my wife trained with her forever. So, uh, how did that relationship sort of, how did you come to get with Laura? Well, Laura is the female lifter that I had idolized ever since I started lifting with, um, Tim and the guys for fun on the weekends when he was trying to, um, teach me more of the multiply technique and form, he would tell me, you need to watch Laura's videos, look at them, watch them, study them, repeat them. (laughs) Yep. Okay. So Laura had always been the person I looked up to. So once I got into multiply, I did my first meet um, in February and then I I loved it. Um, My first multiply meet, I should say, loved it, wanted to move forward. And I, for me, I'm always looking at um, what is the best of the best of this. So f- obviously for Multiply, it's WPO. And I believe I mentioned that when I, I reached out to her because she is the best, the best of the best for Multiply to me. That's, <laughs> I sure. think a lot of people agree with that. Yes. So I reached out yep. to her and I, you know, I said, why well, I'm, I'm looking for a coach for Multiply. You are at the top of the game, you know, I asked her if she had any more openings, <clears throat> excuse me, for, for athletes and if she'd be willing to take me on. And thank goodness she was. I was so freaking excited to get that response from her and to be able to start working with her. Um, and she, so we, she started coaching me in March and I wanted to do nationals. I had my, my February meet, um, qualified me for nationals. And then after I had signed up for nationals and started training, I found out I was going to get invited to WPO. So it all happened like super, super quick. I feel like, <laughs> um, but yeah, she it's a is very just, quick turnaround. it is, but I mean, she is such a phenomenal coach and she keeps you calm and grounded. And it just, yeah. um, it was a, it was a fun process getting there. And I, I, Still can't believe it was three weeks ago. I feel like it was just last week. It was such a fun day and fun competition to be a part of. Yeah, Laura Laura is like one of the best to have at a meet uh, handling you. Um, she, she really, like you said, she does this thing where she stays very calm and keeps you calm and just is like really good at like, I remember the first meet, uh, maybe the second meet I was at where she was like full-blown coaching Val um, Val gets a text like the night before weigh-ins and it was all of her numbers for all of her warmups and all of her attempts. She's like, you're going to go bar quarter, this is it for all three lifts. And I was like, wow, that's like above and beyond. Like what an incredible like thing to, to do for someone to give them peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And then at the meet, it was the same. She's doing all the numbers, you know, and I could see her with, with you guys. I'm assuming she's in the back with a calculator, figuring out the gloss Brenner and what you need to do. And um, it's really inc- incredible to watch someone like that because she knows what it takes too. Um, and then the other thing that was really cool, and I, I wanted to make sure that I shared this with you. Uh, we were talking to her 
on Sunday uh, before I was warming up and she was talking to Val and everything. And she didn't realize you broke her record until like the day after or the night of. And that to me is really fucking cool because she was so involved in coaching you that she didn't even know that you were breaking her fucking world record. That's so, that's so rad to me. Like, what was that like for you? Did you like, did you know that there was a possibility that going into this meet? Oh no, no, my, and that wasn't even a goal or anything I was working towards. I just didn't want to bomb out of the meet on WPO. (laughs) (laughs) The previous meet that I did, I bombed out on bench. So. Oh no shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, at nationals, I, I bombed out on bench. Um, so going into WPO, that was what was going through my head. And then I missed my first squat. I'm like, oh, no, this isn't happening. <laughs> not again. Yeah, I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> but she was, um, she was working her butt off, running those numbers. Thank gosh, because I, there's no way you can do that as the lifter. And I, she was making smart calls on my numbers, thankfully. And I say that because usually my take on meet day is that third lift. Let's go, let's go balls out, you know, this is, a, sure. <laughs> which yeah. isn't the right approach to a meet like WPO. So um, I'm glad she was running those numbers. I know it was probably giving her a headache to do it because there's so much calculating and yeah. Um, but I know that that helped in picking those numbers to, to make it work. But we, neither of us were like, Hey, this is the world record. You're getting close to this. This is the number you, you need to get. I didn't realize it until um, Sunday, the day after the meet. She walked out of the warm up room and came walking down because Kyle and I were sitting in the audience to watch the guys lift. You guys lift. And she's like, I just figured something out at breakfast today. And I was adding up the numbers, and you broke an all time world record that was mine for the total. And I, I didn't know what to say. Cause it's like, it's exciting. But at the same time, it's like, Oh no, I just, I broke your record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it stood for a long time. It was like 12 years, right? Like it was a yeah. longstanding record. Um, what was the number? What did you end up totaling? Like 1791 or something? Yeah, that's the, that's the exact total. I guess her previous total was 1770. And my total for that day was 1791. Yeah, dude. So you like, took a jump on it too. And, and, and based on some of those, uh, lifts, like, you know, you're one bobble away from going over 18, which is like, so crazy. Like that's like, uh, those numbers are, you know, I know you, you know, you're, you're relatively new to fucking multiply and shit. I'm sure you know this, but like, uh, uh, 1800 pound total basically is no fucking joke. Uh, those are big numbers. Like what was your total going into that meet? Like how big of a PR was that for you? Uh, like personally, like take the world record out of it, but like how big of a total PR is that for you? Oh, that was huge. Um, my first multiply meet in February, the total was 1603. So, Oh, holy shit. Over a hundred, uh, like 180 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. (laughs) That's insane. Yeah. Well, so were you, were you keeping track of that? Like, like, uh, are, are you, were you someone who needs to know your numbers that are getting called? Did you have like an idea of what the weights you were going to handle? Um, or like, how did like, how did that all go? Were you just like, fuck it, give me whatever's on the bar. So my openers, I, I chose my openers 
well, I had an idea of what my openers would be and I did them and sent her videos and made sure that she was agree- in, agreement, in agreement with that, which she was. So I already knew my opener. I had a goal for squat. I wanted to get 700 and that's why when I missed my opener, which was 672, I jumped it up to 705 because I wasn't going to be okay with not getting a 700 pound squat that day. So I, okay. I knew the numbers for that. Um, and then I didn't care. I told her to call whatever she thought was appropriate for that third attempt on squat. Mm-hmm. Um, bench, I honestly, like I said, I, I just wanted to not bomb. I was figuring it was going to take me all three attempts to get a clean 451 press. So that was my opener. And after that, I didn't know what I, I told her to do whatever number she thought was appropriate. Um, and then deadlift, I, I knew my opener was 545 because that was an easy peasy number at that time. I had done that against bands. So it seemed like a safe call sure. to do after squat and bench. And I had run through a second attempt at the gym, which was five, either 572 or 573, whatever the kilo is. And she knew that. Um, but again, being smart, she, you know, the right thing to do was, uh, I think she called a 568 and that went up great. And I walked away. I didn't know what was on the bar for my third attempt for deadlift. I didn't want to know. I just told myself I was going to go out there and, and pull. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. didn't find out until after that third deadlift, what was on the bar. No shit. That's what was the last what was it 84? 584 which was yeah. a big PR um, for me because my, and, and what did, go what ahead. did you bench? What did you bench? I ended up benching 479. And that's nuts. And that must be pretty high up on the all time lists as well. Right. For, I, for 81s. So open powerlifting hasn't been updated, but I think my bench is going to put me at number three, number two or number okay. three for all time. Okay. In that weight division. Ah, oh, that's so sick. Yeah. It's like, really awesome to hear um, someone have like this sort of fast rise, like in multiply where you like figure it out, put yourself around the right people. And obviously like you strive to, you know, like you said, like you're looking for the best of the best to help you. Um, And obviously that's made a big fucking difference and you've been able to, to do some pretty amazing stuff. Um, What is the, what is the goal now? Like what is, you know, after that, a lot of people with like, you know, you get the world record, you have the big PR total, and then maybe some post meet blues that you go, it's like, what's next, but do you have plans for the future? Like, what are you looking to do moving forward? Oh, heck yeah. No post meet blues. This is uh, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> keep training. It's training makes me feel so good. So continue training. And, and Laura and I were just talking last night and I had talked with Rudy from overkill um, about like, what's, what's, what's next. And I'd like to do the women's pro-am next year. So that I believe is April or May. Excellent. Um, so between now and then I, I have some things to fix with my form. Um, I need to try to control the adrenaline. I don't know that I can duplicate that in training, but <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, that meet day adrenaline, it makes you like not feel what your body is doing sometimes. And that's no good. <laughs> Yeah, especially in multiply when you're like kind of you're you're dangling on the sword's edge when you, when we're lifting these weights because it's like, you know, obviously, uh, you're basically tricking your body into thinking it can handle these weights when realistically we're all handling weights that our body is like fuck no like mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not supposed to be doing this to me um, and and dialing in form is so important I think that that's like 
something to note as well. Like you're sitting here saying, I've got some form issues that I want to work out. And I would say 95% of the people that watched your lifts at the WPO would think that they look fucking immaculate. You know, they look really good. And, and I love that, that someone who has just broken a 12 year old world record is sitting here saying, I need to get better. (laughs) There's always, there's always room for improvement. There is. And multiply, I mean, multiply, you know, this technique is so important. I mean, if you're like a quarter inch out of your groove, that lift is probably not going to be completed. Yeah, you're fucked. Yeah, you can't like muscle because if it gets in front of you, it's like a weight that's so outside of the realm of what you can handle raw that it's like you can't like good morning a squat that you're doing in multiple. You know what I mean? If it's raw, it's like within the realm of something you could kind of fuck up and, and handle. But it's mm-hmm. like, um, you know, like like what's your raw bench roughly? Um, 260. Two, yeah, well, in meat, in meat, <laughs> 260. Yeah. So, and you're handling 479 in a shirt. It's like, you better be perfect. You have to be really close to perfect. So I think that that's really interesting and also uh, really important for people to hear that are listening. It's like, you know, uh, this lady just broke a fucking world record. She looks great out there handling huge weights and still it's like, it's not good enough. I need to be perfect. I need to. And, and that is sort of like probably one of the reasons why you're so successful with this stuff is because it's not ever going to be good. Like you're not walking away going, well, that was good enough. No, there's always, <laughs> <laughs> no. There's always a step. There's always a step forward, you know? So, um, so moving forward, you say you're going to do pro-am and you're going to work like, are you going to take some time now between then and now to just train? Or are you going to hit like a tuner meet between then? No, I, I'm just going to take the time between now and then to train. Um, I, I have some big number goals I want to hit. So I, of course, I, <laughs> I think training is, I mean, in the way that comes, you get to sit up, you know, it's like you, you get to max out pretty frequently. She throws one rep max things in there. So it'll give me kind of a meat feel like at least yeah. I get to, to do some maxes um, just without a group th- of people <laughs> in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought, I thought about that as soon as you said earlier on, you're like, I really just loved maxing out. And it's like, well, you're running the right method if you like <laughs> to max out because we get to do some pretty sweet stuff. So um, as far as the, as far as the training aspect, you know uh, how different, uh, how different was it, you know, uh, moving into working with someone like Laura, you know, conjugate, were you running a conjugate template before and this sort of like refined that, or was it a big branch off from what you were used to? No, this was a big change. I was training more, um, linear prior to this. Okay. Um, and it was, uh, like for single ply, excuse me, I was doing, pretty much four days a week. It was, a, you know, there was a squat day, a bench day, uh, a deadlift day, and then a secondary bench day. Um, and then transitioning into Laura's programming, it's a, it's a six day a week um, training. And to, to have like those, the four day a week, it was, you know, usually the same exercises just with different percentages. And then sure. um, with, with Laura's style, it's, I mean, you do waves, but it's, it's a nice mix of stuff. And I, I appreciate that. I like that. Um, I like the mix and I think it's, it's great for, if you do happen to have an off day or get out of the groove, you, you've trained your muscles in a way where they aren't 
being stubborn. They aren't used to just one way of doing things. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely true. Like, um, I totally agree. And, and training like that is, it's more fun. Like for me anyway, like I've always enjoyed the fact that with uh, conjugate, you kind of go into the gym and, um, if someone's programming for you, it's like, you really don't really have any fucking idea what's going to get thrown at you the next week. And I think that that helps people compete better. You know, I, I think that, um, having these situations where it's like, well, if I've done a safety squat bar to a box with forward bands for a one rep max, then a straight bar free squat should be pretty fucking easy. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I, <laughs> I've done, I've done all these like weirdo movements that are very difficult and and sort of like awkward, and it's like at that point the straight bar, you know, the competition lifts almost become uh, easier or more manageable just because there's less shit going on. Do you, do you have you like experienced that with like coming into the conjugate stuff? Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, it was a big change those first couple of weeks. It was like. I just felt <laughs> yeah. so awkward. Um, yeah. I'm like, am, sure. am I doing this right? Am I, but then it gets, I got a little bit more comfortable and, and Laura's so easy to reach out to, you know, you text her with a question and she, she responds super quick and just has a special way of explaining things so that it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, I, that's a great way to look at it is that, you know, you're doing such off the wall things in training that come meet day. I don't want to say it's a piece of cake, but it's, I mean, it's more simple. You've got a straight bar yeah. and you're going to lift it. <laughs> yeah. It's like any of the stressors are just the fact that it's a meat. It's more like, you know, like there are people here, there's loud music, there's this stuff, but the lift itself is actually like a lot more mellow than, you know, like benching in a shirt, uh, straight bar to a touch. It's like, that's probably a little more easy to wrap your head around than like a football bar with chains floor pressing. That's yeah. like a fucking, that's like a fucking nightmare. You know <laughs> what I mean? There's like so much stuff going on. Um, well, yeah, that's really cool. I love, I love hearing people who, you know, hearing about people who have transitioned into training conjugate and have been successful because there's so much information out there that's kind of vague and I don't want to say shitty, but like, a lot of people say a lot of stuff about conjugate training that isn't necessarily accurate. And so, uh, you know, having someone like yourself who did the linear stuff and then you jump in with someone who, you know, they call her queen bee for a fucking reason, you know, this she didn't happen on, on accident. You have to consider your, your source where you're, where you're getting this info from. So. Sure. Yeah. And I think it's great that you like, I love, I love that mentality of, of just, I want to, I want the best of the best. I want, you know, it's never good enough. Like all that stuff just like really resonates with me. That's like a champion mindset. That's like, hopefully people hear that and are like really inspired by that because it's definitely easy to, or it would be easy to walk away from the meat you had being like, I'm the shit. Like I'm fucking untouchable. Like I just did this and all this and being humble the way that you are and saying, you know, that it's not good enough and that you want to do more. I think that that's important for people to hear. So, um, all right. So, Hey, we're coming to the end here. Uh, you know what questions coming? Cause you said you've listened to the show before. <laughs> so you've been, you're a little prepared for it, but, uh, you know, I like to ask the question, you know, you've had a, a very fast rise in, 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 um, powerlifting. Obviously you've worked your ass off to get to where you're at. And, um, you've had a lot of cool experiences, especially of late. Uh, if you could kind of go back to your younger self 
and give yourself a piece of advice, whether it's about lifting or life or anything like that. What is something that you would tell yourself, um, you know, as a youngster, like coming up in the sport or, or, or just in general, uh, maybe something you wish you knew when you were, when you were younger? Yeah, I've, I, I, like you said, I knew this question was coming and <laughs> I, I've been trying to figure out like, okay, you know, and there's so many pieces of advice I'd love to give my younger self, but I, I feel like a big one is be confident and it's okay to be confident. And that's different than being cocky. Fuck um, yeah. And yeah. I mean, I, I, I wish... I feel like that didn't start happening until I was probably in my late twenties. And I just wonder how different and which opportunities I missed out on because that I didn't give myself that advice or maybe I'm sure people did. And I just didn't, I didn't take it in and I didn't live that. So I feel like that is, that is the piece I want to leave here. Yeah. I love that. That's really awesome. Uh, great advice too. Like the, the line between confident and cocky is, is razor thin. Um, but I think that like, you know, there's definitely like, you have to be a little cocky to be 181 pounds and walking up to bench press 479, but like to be like, yeah, I'm the shit. Like I can handle this, but that's like part of the confidence. I think that riding that line is like really important. Um, being confident, but not being an asshole basically. Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, because it's not always the easiest line to, to walk. And I think that you do a great job with that because, uh, you know, everything I heard about you before, you know, we chatted was that you were like really quiet, um, and kind of reserved or whatever. Uh, but watching you lift, uh, just to kiss your ass a little bit here, you do like that confidence is very evident when you approach the bar, like watching you lift, like you can tell that you're like zoned in and, and very confident what you're doing. Um, it's really cool to watch. So from the outside looking in as someone who doesn't know you well at all, um, the advice that you would give yourself, you definitely fucking live it and you can see it when you lift weights. So, well, um, gave me the goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, Hey, I want to thank you for, for coming on and spending time talking to me. I really appreciate it. Do you want to give out, um, like your social media where people can follow you? Yeah. And I, I need to get better at posting at social media, but, um, my Instagram is Dina Bina one, the number one and Facebook. I'm under Dina Tollefson, my, my previous, uh, my maiden name. Um, okay. but I, I usually post more of the lifting stuff on Instagram and then Facebook. I pretty much just post like meat, meat stuff. Okay, cool. Yeah. The definitely follow her. You, you like snuck up on, I kind of had an idea who you were and I, I seen you on social media and then like, boom, WPL is like, holy fucking shit. So everybody make sure you follow her. Cause her training videos, I went back and looked at them like they're fucking sick and, uh, <laughs> you're, you're a hell of a lifter. So, uh, well, thank you, anyway, so thank much. you again for coming on. Yeah, I, I appreciate pleasure. you coming on. Uh, uh, that's all we got for today, guys. If you want to follow me, my personal page is AnthonyCW13. Uh, the trigger warning page is trigger underscore warning underscore conjugate for all of your snapback t-shirt mental Monday needs. Uh, that's all we got for today. Thanks again for listening to the TWC Stay Hated podcast. And as always, stay hated, motherfuckers.